0: Hi there, welcome back to the second episode of Beast Pods on today's show. Out
1: uh, what window? Uh, yeah, on his way to another club in the transfer window. Oh, I thought he went out a window. <laughs> <laughs> no, no,
0: We discussed the latest rumours around Big John. Bat.
2: Moody in the centre. Might have the pace here, Sean Bat. And finishes beyond Bielkowski.
0: We get front row seats to the Sean Bat Show.
1: You can't want to hear from Yes.
0: And we ponder the futures of Barnett's youth team. For now, on with the show. So, welcome to the, the second episode of Beast Pod. We've made it to our second week. We've also broken our rule of being a fortnightly podcast by doing two in a, two in two, two in a week, actually, two in seven days. Um, and I'm delighted to be joined here by uh, one of our regulars, one of our Stormots, Michael, how are you doing this weekend? Oh,
2: I'm not too bad. I'm still recovering from this afternoon's events,
0: <laughs> And we're also delighted to be joined by uh, Tom Bedell, who many of you know as uh, Barnet B. Um, Tom, how are you doing this afternoon?
2: Yeah,
1: not too bad, just thawing out now, so. <laughs>
0: Well, what better place to start than with a spectacular 0-0 draw at home to Carlisle United. (laughs) Um, I think someone said on Twitter it It was the Sean Batt show, so we'll get into that in a second. First of all, Tom, give us a summary of the game. What what do you think was good today? What was bad? What were your impressions?
1: I think as much as anything they looked solid and that's a good starting point, particularly compared to recent weeks and the, the Northampton aberration, which I wasn't at but I'm sure it was an aberration. Uh, Carlisle came at them in the second half and Alan said it afterwards to be a fair to him that they were under the Cosh but for their territory and for their position they didn't create an awful lot. And Barnett kind of weathered that storm pretty well I think. In the first half I thought they were a lot better going forward and uh, Sean Matt had two chances. <laughs> He's uh, saying that you say you know Barnett had chances as a whole and, you know Gavin Hoyt missed one which, you know, someone better at finishing would have probably put away and on the whole, it wasn't too bad, but I think they'll end up ruining the mischance, they, they have ended up ruining the mischance then they could have won it, they couldn't it. So. What
0: about you, mate? Do you know, as a fair assessment, Michael, I mean, you, you, before, before this, you were you were ruining John Akinde not being up there today. What do you mean to this it game? Was,
2: it was, it was, that, that, was, the, that was the whole thing. Once the, once the starting lineup was announced, it was like, oh my goodness, A, where's, where is John Akinde, the B, where are the you know you think where are the goals going to come from? It kind it cut you know it was, that was borne out by events, but it was it was it was uh, there were so many there were there were a number of missed chances, and you do think you know on another day with John O'Kindy on the pitch, yeah. we'd have won that game. We were saying a week ago we expected give you know that we thought after last week you know. We'd have t- taken the positives from last week and moved on, and probably got a result, got a win today. Um, but then we weren't expecting McLean to go, McKinney to be out, and it was it, you know we we didn't know what was happening on the right hand side with the the year done.
0: It's interesting. I mean, there's been three new signings that have come in today. So you had Hackett, C- is it Cize or Cize? C- 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 yeah, um, and uh, of course Mark Randall. They all featured at various points today. Tom. Is this your first game in a few weeks? Have you been, first game since,
1: I think, yeah. the first week of December.
0: So you've, 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 you've missed out a good and a bad patch. I think you, yeah. you may have been there after the Newport County tobacco in the FA Cup. <laughs> but what, what did you make of the side, you know, now, mid-January, as composed of sort of six weeks ago?
1: Crikey, it looks a lot different, doesn't it? I think, uh, you know, the players we've already mentioned missing, uh, Yardam and Akindi obviously big misses, and those are like two, I think, kind of untouchables. With, Justification, I think a lot of people quite pick up on the fact that Curtis is untouchable and you know, you can see why he shouldn't be in bonds, for me the same, but those two are big misses. It looks a completely different side now and I think it's going to take a little while for it to gel and everybody to get sort of on the same page, but I think the new boys did okay on the half. Yeah, Randall. Randall. He looks a bit. He looks a bit lighter when he came on. Yeah. I mean, he was he was
0: playing off the master the mastermind that was Sean Bat making those incredible runs <laughs> just ahead of him. But
1: I think Randall is hard to judge at this stage. He's not played a lot of football. Yeah. Pointing that out afterwards, and that's fair. He wasn't really in the game, but he didn't have a stinker either. So I thought that was good. Yeah, well fair he enough. For looks okay. He was, yeah, he wasn't. That's he's kind of he's young, as he's say, though. He's, he's, and he's, he's,
0: he's been in that Leicester under 21 team for a yeah, while, yeah. so that's that step up is. It's a completely is,
1: different style of football, isn't it? To yeah. Go from nice, pretty academy football in front of parents, <laughs> you not know, exactly a big <laughs> crowd Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Big the, there. Uh, the pitch is terrible, and so on and so forth. It is men's football; it is physical, so it's different. And he's quite big, but he's quite slight as well. I think yeah. it's fair to say. I thought Hackett did okay. so yeah. he Puts himself about that Nigel De Jong, Xabi Alonso style boot in the chest. there. you, you, you were on that else. side. Yeah. I mean, did
0: he? Because I, I, thought I saw that. I saw topwell's tackle in the first half, where I thought, oh, you know, that looks bit like the year last week. I saw that, I mean, that looked like a red card. Keith Curl didn't look very happy on the sideline.
1: Keith Curl was not very happy on the sideline. He could have gone for that and I don't think anyone would have really had any complaint. Curl and his assistant, who I don't know, was very shouty. he was absolutely raging about, absolutely fuming about that. They wanted the red. I think the referee gave himself time to think, he took forever to book him. And I think on another day with a more officious official, he was really gone as well. It wasn't malicious, but it was pretty out of control.
0: Michael, we talked on the way over about Sean Bat. We agreed on a hybrid of, was it, um, Fraser Toms, uh, Liam Hatch. Um, uh, he, he grew on me today. There was a guy behind me who was slagging him off the whole game. And I, I felt he, grew, he put in a lot of, put in an effort, put in a good shift, you know. And he was unlucky. He got himself into good positions. Yeah. Clearly, the, the, the composure and maybe a bit of confidence is missing. Yeah. What did you make of his performance today? And if he was to lead the line... Or be be near leading that line for the rest of the season. How are you be feeling about that? Oh my goodness.
2: Um, well, it, it, he had he had a pretty thankless task today. Given yeah. that you know McKinney's out and he gets promoted to to start, you know, up front. But he he had to, he definitely had a, it was a torrid time. It was a bit like when he came on last week against Bristol Rovers. He you know he was get there was a lot of clattering that he was getting, and I know. Later on in the game, he, he sort of summoned the guy, sort of went through him and gave him a fair old whack on the back of the neck. Yeah. And he went down for a while, and then eventually, when the physio came on, it was crammed. But um, I, you know, y- when you look at how he plays and you think he he does draw comparisons with Liam Hatch, <laughs> in in his style, his rangey runs, and you just don't know what to expect. And it's whether or not it's it, it's going to take off in the same way that Hatch's career did. Well, oh, he, of course, the, the
0: interesting a, comparison is that Liam Hatch was eventually sold to Peter for 150,000. Exactly,
2: the impact sub of legend. <laughs> um, whereas it was just very much chasing balls. And that was what, I mean, shot sure, I nearly called him his brother's name. I nearly said Damien. Um, but Sean sure, no, he, had, <laughs> he chased a lot today. But there were those chances where you just think, he's got to hit the target from here. Yeah. and it, almost, I don't even know, did it, go out, did it go out for a goal kick or a throw-in, that one in the first half? And I thought he was going to... I think that
1: was a goal kick. It
2: was a goal, it did stay as a goal kick. It wasn't Jeff thomas Um And then in the second half, when he got himself into, a, there was a prize position, I mean, I I
0: really felt because at that point he—that was a good run he made down the side. He chased it, and a couple of times he launched himself into these blocks. Which, if Akinde had been doing that sort of thing, would have got some standing ovation. Or he would really, or something like Gambin. So I think he's got a bit of a raw deal. I know Mem, who's not here this week, is not a big fan of his. But Tom, the reason why he's in the side is because you know Big John's out. A lot of rumours swirling around. In your press conference with Martin, what was, the, what was the, A, what did he say, and B, what was the feeling behind what he was saying?
1: Well, he was asked if, uh, if he would be going anywhere in this window to which he said what window which is classic martin really uh, to deny the existence of a transfer window christmas day valentine's day anything, you know you do have to kind of spoon feed him these things it all part of the fun martin uh, he said no he wouldn't be escaping through any windows as far as he knows and that it was uh, a thigh problem that England became aware properly and aware of the extent of around lunchtime so about one o'clock, he wasn't gonna yeah. play, he'd had it through the week. So that was why um, Matt Stevens wasn't even on the bench and they had no yeah. that because I think that kind of irked a lot of people, confused a lot of people, we didn't know why. Which, Which makes Jordan's sense in this, yeah, it makes it. sense. we had the game this morning. Uh, that's the point worth exploring to be fair in a minute. Um, Matt Stevens. so I think yes, he said there's no offer. How true that is, I don't know. Martin can be quite coy when he wants to be and other times it can be incredibly open so suffice to say i'm going
0: to do some more digging and we'll see yeah this might be out before, well time we come, <laughs> well, so we'll, anyway, we'll try it so. we'll try we'll try and see uh, what about um andy yeardham as well is he is he one that's is he definitely gone is there because uh, he was obviously i don't think he didn't say he was injured at this point today so i don't know if anything if that came up at all no um
1: andy's fine uh, there's been no offers uh, the main thing with him is just how much money can they get for him. Yeah. Uh, I think Martin probably doesn't care as much about the money aspects of the chairman. Yeah. So if he could keep him to the end of the season, I'm sure he'd be chuffed. He said on numerous occasions, and I don't believe it, he's just talking him up for the sale. That he is one of the best. Cl- he is the best player in the club, um, and he's invaluable. I think in every aspect. And so it's Andy, he's Andy Arden like, here. Yeah, 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 yeah. In terms of his ability and in terms of his leadership. Uh, he said, you know, if, he's, if he sticks around, then great, I uh, know I won't have any problems with him, he's not going to sulk. And I think, you know, you know he's a consummate professional, you can believe that. But, yes, in an ideal world, they would like some money for him, you know, club and league two, You can't be turning down the kind of money that he would probably
0: come on. I mean, speaking of, of both of those fees, Michael, we had a chat in the way across, so looking from Barnet Sales, um, liam hatch 150k was obviously good value someone like andre gray who's who went from luton so he did very similar to jump big john was a key player for Luton when they went up got sold on to brentford for around a million i think it was at the time and um, akinde what sort of value are you looking for what 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 figure would oh. would make you happyish
2: oh crikey that is that is one um How much did Andre Graham do? Andre was a million, wasn't he? He was around a million. A million. million? Yeah, wow. Um, I, mean, I don't know whether it's somewhere in, in the region of half a million or upwards. Yeah, yeah. You know, Tom? Seven, 700. I was going to say, I think we should be looking for more than that. Yeah, think, really. I 750. I think there's a strong second half of the season in the summer. Then I think
1: you've got to be looking at the thick end of yeah. the world. Yeah. He's
0: still only got it. 25 or 26. 26, yeah. yeah. And the thing about it, Big John, eh? He, he's had his spells in the football league before with Bristol City I think the other spell with Rovers as well I seem to remember yeah. um, so he's got that opportunity perhaps to I don't know prove himself at a higher level I don't know if he's a championship player I mean Tom you watch a lot more high quality football than we do with your role at Watford I mean today's game I heard someone next to me I think they were here for that offer of uh, you know, half price tickets and said this is the worst game of football I've seen in my life so I don't know if um,
1: <laughs>
0: I don't know if if it's a fair comparison but do you think he could where, where do you think where could you see him playing
1: first and foremost this is not the worst barnet game this season so <laughs> i don't know where they're getting um where, where do i see him yeah i think he's a league one player to be yeah. truthful um i think he's a bit of a bully boy to be honest he kind of gets by on his physical attributes rather than his technical ability he's undoubtedly a great finisher yeah uh,
0: his penalty so he's a very calm composed it, exactly, character yeah,
1: i think that's his biggest thing when he gets in that area you expect him to score really don't you uh, when he gets one-on-one with keith for his ability to win penalties is yeah. obviously unparalleled, really um uh, but no i don't see him being championship quality maybe if he was a couple of years younger and had to come off the last couple of seasons he's yeah had and perhaps but something would take a gamble but yeah i don't see
0: it it's interesting because i was i was just digging into this um when I was looking at the facts for, for how important Akinde is. In the last 13 Barnet games, one midfielder at the club has scored a goal who's still here. Um, and that was Luke Gambin in the last minute at Notts County. Um, and if you look at it, we've had Dembele, we've had a few N'Gala, got a few against Crawley. But the rest of it have been McLean, and they've been, I think Gash got the odd one, and then they've been, obviously, Akinde. Um, if we do lose Big John, where do we where do we go from there because there's clearly a big big problem with our goal scoring michael i mean do you see anything in the current squad suggest that someone like gambin could take on a, a bigger role in perhaps or pushing weston forward like at the end of last season or do you think we've really got to invest that money if he does go into a new striker
2: well i think i think with the in terms of the numbers with the players if john were to go we're looking at Sean Bat, Michael Gash, Matty Stevens. Yeah. I think a, a new striker has to be
0: imperative. So you, you, you wouldn't gamble on Stevens, would you? Um,
2: oh, I'd, be to, I'd be happy. I'd be happy. I mean, that was the thing. When you're looking at John O'Kindi isn't starting, I immediately look, you look and think, is he on the bench? And then you, he's not there. And then it's like, who's on the bench? Where's Matty Stevens? And yeah. that's the thing. And then it's like, oh, he was playing at lunchtime. So you're thinking, yeah, if am I right? Thinking back, Tom said that John had had an issue with this during the week with yeah, the hamstring. Yeah, so why wasn't, as a precaution, Matty Stevens withdrawn from the from the it's, game this morning? It's a big
0: question because Tom, we've had this phenomenal youth team. We've, you know, on paper you always see you pick up the mirror, anything. There's always like you know someone's in for Stevens, uh, Shomerton, Harry Taylor, um, a couple of the others. What what is it about Marston that is not? Well, there's a big criticism that he's not giving these youth players a chance. Firstly, are these youth players as good as they say? You know, as everyone says they are. And um, if if so, why aren't they getting a chance in this team?
1: Very good question. I'll probably record my own podcast on this issue. <laughs> um, regards, to Matthew Stevens. He played for the under-18s there and He hasn't done that a lot this season, so it was felt that he needed some football, uh, wherever that came. So, you know. For him, it's probably good to get ninety minutes, but he's probably he's not going to be chuffed at the chance of missing out The first team action when there aren't any strikers available, which is a funny position to be in, considering. A week ago, he got rid of Liz, or in the last week, he got rid of Lisby on the basis that we had too many strikers. So <laughs> you know, it's one thing or the other at the moment. Um, are they as good as they make out? Yeah, I think some of them are. I think, but there's a caveat to all of them. You know, Matt Stevens yeah. in pre-season he came on Eastly and it was very telling that he wasn't ready. And yeah. that was against a, a good side but conference side ultimately because that was the game Lisby actually got injured and uh, he came on for a good hour I think and it was a case of telling him where to be throughout the entire match in terms of positioning where I've no doubts from the I've seen Matt Stevens a lot and I've no doubts that he's a great finisher and Got the kind of the instinct, is it? Oh, yeah, the attacking aspects here. but in terms of positional awareness and his defensive responsibilities and what have you, that needs to be worked on. But you know, people forget quite how young he is. So He's 18 eight, eight eight still, eight yeah. Team, yeah. That will come with maturity ultimately. He is in limbo, and this is what I was referring to earlier, touched upon it. He would like to be in the first team, I'm sure Martin Allen would like him to be near the first team. But sitting on the bench and not getting on, or getting a few minutes here and there, is no use. Do you think Literally. there's a
0: danger he'll go? I mean, this because it, it was it Rangers the other day that there was there was something about Rangers coming in for a 500k bid for him. I mean, do you think there's a danger that he's going to go? Or?
1: I think I think he's quite sensible. He's got sensible people around him, from what I know, and I think that. Yeah. That would probably be incredibly attractive, but you know, the best win in the world is a cuddler. Um, so I think he's better off. I really do think he's better off here at the wrong end of League Two with Barnet. Uh, he will get his chance and I do and the Marceland's also a good game in terms of giving the youngsters a chance. Yeah. A lot of people pick me up on this and say, Well you said this before, when he be actually did get a chance. I think he is slowly and I think with the players that have gone this week, those gaps are finally opening up. So now there's no excuse, this is probably the acid test. I was just going to say in terms of Shonatan was one that people were really excited by in pre-season. Yeah, he's brilliant I'm in the pre-season. Myself included, I sat with Martin for the Hungerford game, which was the first game in pre-season. I sat next to him uh, for part of it in the uh, director's box there and, you know, he slapped me on the leg and he goes, this is my new Lewis I'm so excited. <laughs> but, at the same time, I sat next to him at Northwood in the final pre-season game and he said, you know, look at him, he's not defensively, he's not doing anything. He just, if he ain't got the ball he isn't interested and mine, Allen as we all know likes workers hard tough players he'll help out your full back and so on and so forth Sherman Turner isn't going to do that and until he does that he has a lot of hope
0: that I guess finally then Michael um, a lot of changes happened this week last week we asked for three new players on the podcast we got all three of them <laughs> or at least Memdes and yeah. um, It's an interesting one, we're in a bit of limbo here. We don't know what's going to happen with Akinde and maybe with Yerdom. So what I'd like from both of you, we will start with you, Michael, is your best case scenario, if we keep Yerdom and uh, Akinde, and we maybe bring in one more player, where where do you think we'll finish? And then secondly, if we lose those two, where do you think we'll finish?
2: Um, Let's think, if we retain those two, possibly bring in another player, Let's let, let's be totally ambitious and reckless and say, oh, we'll finish in 11. 11. That's um, not that um, ambitious. You, you can have 7th, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you just don't know. With, with the, the sort of messages messages that you get from the manager, he'll say one thing, something else will happen. So it's I think there's a lot of that going on. Um, if we lose those players, let's say 17.
0: Right. So in between that, that's quite a narrow band. That's quite.
2: A, that's quite. That's but I, I don't, to be honest, I don't know points-wise, I don't know what the difference at the moment is between I, those points. But so
0: I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump in to and, and give my tea my cents. I reckon, if we, if we had a there today, I reckon we would have won 3 or 4-0. Um, I reckon we, we had a lot of chance to do that. So I reckon going up, we to go top, I'll push for 7th. And then uh, sort of 11th, I'll push. Uh, worst case scenario, I reckon about 15th or 16th. Um,
1: Tom, over to you. I think that's fair to be honest. I certainly think if uh, Akindayo and yardim Don't go, then they almost certainly won't do any more major business uh, this window because you know they've always got one eye on the balance sheet at the end of the day. Yeah. I think yeah. Best case scenario, you could see them. They're all closest to the playoffs and relegations, i will help you know, and I'm a total optimist and I have money on them for the playoffs, so, you know, an emotional choice perhaps, yeah, they could probably finish 8th or 9th and disappoint everyone by not getting in the playoffs, worst case scenario, I think probably anywhere between 16th and 19th, which in itself, it's not is bad. not bad, Did you, is, no so chance of relegation then for you? I don't think so, I think. Even
0: without Big John?
1: Yeah, I think they will find a way, I think the look are pretty poor. Cool there's someone else york is york and stevenish <laughs>
0: well it's a big, big derby next weekend so fingers crossed we can go there and do that. i mean one of my favorite martin allen games was that first we had a, you wouldn't have been at the club at the time we went there in uh, 2003 with peter beadle who managed to grab this you know this huge center forward he managed to prop one in from two yards to get us a result but that means that you know yeah i reckon we can do just about the relegation zone with Sydney at the moment. I think I'm a bit of a pessimist. Um.
1: I think there's a point worth kind of exploring, to be honest. There's a good thread on the Only Barnet forum at the moment yeah. where people, someone started saying, you know, we're doing just fine. And, yeah, it's disappointing that Bristol Rovers are up there and, yeah, we all hate Bristol Rovers, we know that. But, and they're doing so well and Barnet aren't. But ultimately, for so long, it's been a yo-yo club and... Well, not a yo-yo, that's not fair. Surviving on the final day, you know, Yeah, no it's, one, nice. it's a yo-yo club and we no up and really down. No one really wants that, do they? So I think we will be safe. They will be safe. And that's a good starting point. And I, don't, I, don't, I mean, just really don't think there's any danger of going down under Martin. He knows how to grind out results when it comes down to yeah. what he did in the last season to get him over the line at the other end of the table. So, so you're optimistic looking voice? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Brilliant. All right. Well, thanks very much for coming by, Tom. Michael's had to run off, so there's only two of us left. Um, but fingers crossed, you can keep up your brilliant coverage because a lot of Barnet fans would want to thank you for that. It's been great to have another voice around the club who's somewhere between the official line and the fans. Um, do you, I mean, just, just a side note before we finish. Are you planning on staying on in this role? Are you going to carry on with the Barnet B? What What's happening with that? Um,
1: as it stands, I'm doing Watford between now and the end of the season. Uh, just gotta say how much I've loved doing Barnet, it's been fantastic. No, uh, I do miss it. I enjoy doing Balkin it's a different sport, but I do miss it. Yeah. I have no idea what the future holds. Uh, when this change came about, <laughs> I just I was still I was doing Leonorian for a bit and I was whinging about that and then the next thing I know I've lost Barnet, so uh, who knows? Uh, I didn't have to be here today, but I wanted to be and it's been to be back so. I will be back before the end of the season, certainly, and hopefully hopefully, Barnet do so well that they become unignorable. Like, <laughs> we can but
0: dream. We can but dream. Well, anyway, thanks a lot for coming by, and um, you know, best of luck with everything you're doing. And uh, fingers crossed Barnet can go and get another result next weekend at Stevenage. Brilliant. Thanks a lot. Okay, everyone, so that's the end of our second episode. Thank you so much uh, for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, Like we said uh, at the start of the first episode, we're still learning, it's only our second show uh, and there's still a couple of things. We'd love to keep sorting out the audio um, and we'd love to keep getting new and interesting people on board on the show. Um, So if you've got any suggestions or any feedback or any ideas or if you'd like to get involved in the show yourself, um, don't hesitate to drop us a line either uh, on our SoundCloud page or on Twitter at BeastPod. We're going to be taking a break for uh, a week or two. We're going to aim to get back to being a fortnightly podcast. But thank you so much for your support. It's been great to see that people are enjoying what we're doing. And we really look forward to getting on some ex legends, some fans, uh, some managers, and hopefully secure some quite interesting interviews with people who know everything about Barnet. For now, though, on to next week, on to Stevenage, and fingers crossed we get a result. Thanks for listening. Bye.